Hey, 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 legends. Fraser Brooks here coming to you today from Dubai after getting back from Cape Town, South Africa with episode 285 today. Super excited to be here today. I probably should have recorded this when I was in Cape Town uh, so that I kind of had that, you know, idea of remembering where I was from. And I think one of the most important things about doing a podcast, especially when you travel around the world, is it just takes you back to that time when you were giving that value. I can, I can remember most of the episodes when I listened to them, to them when I was, what I was doing, where I was looking, what I was talking about. I, I can kind of remember that. So I should have done that. But anyway, I want to just give you a recap. I've been quite quiet on social media. Um, so in 1995, I saw South Africa uh, lift the Rugby World Cup for the first time. Um, a guy, which was the name of the guy, whose name was Francois Pinar. And it was when Nelson Mandela did like a really famous speech to go out there and win. Uh, and they went out there and win, right? Uh, and since then, they've become, this, well, the, basically the most decorated um, rugby team of all time, winning the Rugby World Cup four times. For those of you who don't know, um, I used to play rugby a lot when I was growing up in school. Our, our school was a rugby school. When all the other schools played um, football, we played rugby. Now, I grew up, I was tall quite fast. I, was quite, I, I grew up tall quite quickly and I was very very fast so rugby was an obvious game for me to play but as everyone else started to fill out I did not so I was the lanky guy who looked like a pencil and everyone else was uh yeah taking me out so I eventually migrated into the hockey team and I was pretty good at hockey because I was again I was fast but anyway um so obviously in 1995 I was seven years old I watched them lift the world cup and I said to myself one day I'm gonna go to South Africa in particular Cape Town, and I obviously got the opportunity, a company asked me uh, and my friend Rob Sperry to go and speak at the event, obviously we speak at events all over the world, many different types of companies, 36 different countries have been paid to speak in now, which is kind of crazy, so we went to the event, spoke at the event, and I must say the people who who showed me around Cape Town, who looked after me in Cape Town, um, you know, from the guys at the hotel to the drivers, to people who looked after us, made sure we were safe. Everyone was just super, super, super nice. So if you're South African listening to this, uh, thank you so, so much. Um, I did learn a few of the words. Uh, there was kind of three like main languages, English, Afrikaans, and I forget the last one. Um, I really I really forget because it was, it was a lot of clicking and like a lot of this. It was kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, again, thank you very much for having me. So uh, what I wanted to share with you today, I didn't actually have any pla- anything planned. Uh, I wanted to kind of come on and obviously every single Monday... I do a podcast episode. Sometimes it's on a Tuesday or Wednesday just because of travel schedule. But I got back to Dubai and you know what? One, this this company that, that hired me, they obviously, uh, were, were part of the deal whenever I speak around the world is that I travel business class, right? And I want to just remind you of the story for those of you who don't know this story and then kind of what happened yesterday. Because I, I feel that it's it's been a really big part of my development and breaking through, because again, last episode, episode 284, if you haven't already listened to it, it was also about how to have a breakthrough, and since that episode, a lot of people reached out to me saying like, you know what, I know I know what I've got to do, but I'm not flipping doing it, uh, and that's breaking through from their environment, but yeah, episode 284, the previous episode, will um, share more information about that. So, I think it was 2019, uh, I, w- I was traveling all over the world, and I was flying economy all the time, Right? And I spoke on, I spoke in an event, uh, I think it was Royal Pines in the Gold Coast, for those of you who know that venue, Uh, and I was speaking, I was co, 
keynote speaking with a friend, Scott and Dallas DeMolin. I need to reach out to them. I've not spoken to them for a while. And they said, like, hey, how are you heading home? Which airline? And it was the first time anyone had really kind of shown some sort of positive airline snobbery. Now, if you're listening to this, you probably don't really care which airline you fly on as long as you get there and it's not like a silly, crazy route and it's a decent price, right? So if you had like the option of British Airways, Virgin or, you know, whatever, right? Five different airlines, you probably wouldn't really have a preference, right? Unless a friend of yours has said, oh, you absolutely have to fly with them. So it was only four years ago that I'd had this kind of experience of like, you know, airplane status snobbery, right? In a positive way, right? They, they are super, super nice people. There's no ego about them. Really, really great. And I said, oh, I don't even know. Uh, they went, you don't know? Do you not like claim the points? Do you not claim the miles? I said, no, I just, I just get on a plane and fly. I said, you fly a lot? I said, yeah, I've traveled all over the world. And, you know, I said, how did you get here? Which, uh, which airline? I said, I think it was, I think it was at the time, I think it was uh, Etihad. I said, oh, yeah, the business class there is great. Did you enjoy it? I said, oh, no, no, I came, I came economy. They were like, what? You're the keynote speaker and you came economy. You're, six foot, you're nearly six foot two and you're cramped up in a, in a, in a, small, in a small space for that long. Like, yeah, everyone else does it. So, like, you know, means they can keep, they, the guys can keep their costs down and clearly they can bring you there, right? Because <laughs> they'd obviously not, they, both of them did not fly economy. They obviously got paid to fly business class. And Scott took me to a side. And he, he's one of the guys, for those of you who know Tony Robbins, for those of you who know his, uh, I think it's his business mastery course, he was one of the guys who was behind that kind of course, right? Because it's not just Tony who comes up with the content, it's a few people to ensure that it, it's, uh, it, you know, it gives them most impact to the guests and the audience. So he pulls me to the side after we've done speaking and stuff and he said, when you get to the airport, you are going to upgrade to business class. And I was like, uh, okay. Now, I'm very frugal, right? Up until this point, at least, very frugal. I'm a hoarder. Uh, one day, I'll share my, 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 money, my money story, my money mindset story, my limiting beliefs around, story, uh, around money. I, maybe I'll tell you guys at Dare to Dream this year. Uh, sorry, next year, April, 20th, sorry, April 18th, 19th, and 20th in Dubai. We will see if the timing is right then. But I was holding on to anything and everything that I could make. Mainly because I'd lost a lot in the past, right? Just spent everything that I made. <laughs> At one point, as a 22, 23-year-old kid who'd made a lot of money and didn't really know what he was doing with it. So anyway, back to the story. So I'm like, all right, okay. And when I said that, he looked at me. It was just like, you're going to do it, aren't you? And I said, yeah, 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 yeah. Part of me was like, no, I'm not. I'm just going to tell him to get out of this awkward situation because I don't want to do something that I don't really want to do. It's going to cost a lot of money. So he said, I promise you, promise you, that when you get on this business class flight, nothing will be ever, ever be the same again. When it comes to how you think and your work ethic and the decisions that you make. And I was like, really, Scott? You said, absolutely. I said, my thing is, you and I are going to get to the same destination the exact same time. And he said, yeah, I'll probably have got a better sleep. I'll probably be more productive for the next week. I probably would have slept better. I would have, I would have eaten better. I would have had an experience. But trust me, all of those things isn't the power. So I finished the event, have a few days spare. It's absolutely amazing. I flipping love Australia. I'll definitely be back. Who knows, 2024, 2025. But I arrive at the airport, Brisbane airport, great airport. And I go to the Etihad line and I'm in this long queue. It wasn't too long, 
But it was long enough for it to be like, oh, I'm going to be waiting here for a while. And the business line was empty. And I thought, you know what? Already I can probably spend 50, I can probably save 15, 20 minutes, which if you value your time, 15, 20 minutes is a long time, right? I think you would agree that. So I think, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to go into the business line. So I get out the economy line, I go into the business line, I go up to the woman, I'm kind of nervous, kind of sweaty palm, thinking, oh no, what am I doing, what am I doing, what am I doing, I shouldn't be here, I don't deserve it, I don't deserve to be in this queue, all of these little different limiting beliefs. I've just, basically, I've just spoken in front of like 800 Australian people, and I'm like, you know, the keynote speaker, everyone's standing celebrating, and there I am in the line, the business line, thinking I don't deserve this. So I said, like, hey, I need to fly from Brisbane back over, I think I was flying to Manchester. Um, so like, can I upgrade? She said, let me check. And she was like typing away at a keyboard. Half of me was going, oh, this could be so cool. The other half of me was going, please be, please be full, please be full, please be full, please be full. But I'm thinking it kind of can't be full because I'm, I'm the only one in the queue. So she said, yes, you're in luck. There is, a, there is a two seats available. I don't, know, I don't know how many seats were available. There are two seats available. I said, oh, how much is it? And she said, told me a number. And I was like, what? It was like $1,600, right? $1,600. And I was like, you know what? I was expecting it to be a lot more, especially from Brisbane all the way to Manchester, right? So then she goes, that's a, yeah, $1,600 Australian dollars. I think it worked out at the time, something like $900, right? $900. And I said, wow, what? For the two flights? She went, no, no, no. That's just obviously to uh, Abu Dhabi. I was like, oh, Oh, wow. So $900 just from Brisbane to Abu Dhabi, right? So I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm doing it. So I paid it. I got on the plane. I sat in the business class and I watched everyone kind of go by. Felt super guilty. I had my head down. I was like, oh God, what do these people think of me by sitting in this flight? And Scott was right. I never wanted to get onto a, a plane again without sitting in that comfortable seat the one that goes flat, the one that you have, you know, you don't have three or four people to your left and right. You have, you know, maybe one, potentially two, depending on where you're sat. They treat you super well. You just, you have a bit different, you have a different posture. You get excited about flying. So I arrive in Abu Dhabi and I'm thinking, man, I need to upgrade again. So I went to the front desk, like the little, because obviously I'm not going out into Abu Dhabi. I went to like the desk to like the information desk and I said, hey, can I upgrade? They said, yes. This time I think it was $1,200 at US. But again, it was quite a bargain compared to if I was to buy it on, on the, on the, you know, uh, before I kind of flip. So they went, yeah, yeah, sure. So I get to the thing, I get to the, the gate and I'm thinking, oh my days, this is gonna be my second business class trip. Like Scott, like screw you, man. You've cost me a fortune, right? Um, more than I was paid to actually go and speak in South Africa in the fir- uh, sorry in Australia in the first place because in 2018-19 I was uh, I was speaking for almost nothing right 2017-18 was free 2019 onwards was I was getting paid something but like very very small amounts because I was doing it for the benefit of others right so I I get to the gate and they say please will anyone in first class or business class please come to the front so I go to the front. I didn't really notice it happening in Brisbane, but come to the front. And it wasn't a tunnel onto the plane for those, you know what I mean? Like a bridge, right? Where you kind of walk straight from the, the gate onto the plane. It was a, a bus drive and they had a separate bus 
for the people who are in first and business class. And I was like, wow. Usually I'm, I'm, I'm stood there holding onto the handrail for dear life, hoping that it doesn't break suddenly. People standing on my toes, people's arms raised without putting deodorant on. It just stinks. All this fun stuff. And I get onto the plane, I sit in the seat and I'm like, wow, this feels good. Like, I, I kind of, if, if the plane's delayed an hour, I'm good. Like, I could just chill here. I could kind of recline back. I could sit down, whatever. So since that moment, I kind of just made, I, I spoke to a few friends who are obviously in the network marketing space that do speaking. And I say, hey, is it normal for you to charge business class? Like, I, I always feel a bit harsh. They said, oh, no, no, completely normal. So that was part of the deal now. And when, and again, the, the thing that happened to me was I started to think bigger about, why can't I fly business class? Why can't you fly business class? Because for me, it took it literally 31 years. I'd never gone on a business class flight ever. And I'd always gone, waste of money, waste of money, waste of money, waste of money, waste of money. But if I add up all the money that I've spent on business class flights, I've made way more than that just because of the vision that I've had and the work ethic that's allowed me to go, you know what? I'm working my ass off so I don't have to go to the, onto the plane and go into economy. And I challenge you to do the same thing. Whenever you get the chance to have an upgrade, maybe you come over to Dubai for a holiday and then on the way back, maybe it's, it's not crazy season, you say, you ask, you simply ask. And you have that emotion of, oh, it's a lot of money. Now, if it puts you into debt, don't flip and do it, right? But if you're in a situation where your business is growing and you are making decent income, then I, I would recommend it. I would. So anyway, obviously we, we, we moved to Dubai. And in Dubai, they have Emirates MBD, which is one of the big banks here. Um, and they have credit cards, just like American Express. I have American Express as well. That when you buy things, you get points. And you can redeem the points. It takes a lot of points to be able to upgrade. But you can go from economy to business class or business class to first class. Now, there is a huge difference between the different classes. But I got all these points. And obviously, I fly, over to, I fly over to Cape Town, business class. And on the way back, I'm looking on the phone and I see, ooh, there's a seat left. And it's 1F. Now, obviously, my name's Fraser. So I see the number one. I'm like, that's so cool. I don't really think I've ever sat on the front row of a plane before that's like long distance. Obviously, like EasyJet or whatever. I've done that right in there. But like a long distance, that would be pretty cool. But the fact that it's F. For Fraser, I'm like, that's got my name written all over it, literally. So I take my points and I upgrade myself from business class to first class. So technically, it didn't cost me anything. Obviously, it cost me all the time money with the points and stuff, but I was, I was paying the money anyway. So I get there and I'm thinking, that, me and Svetlana, we always joke around saying, nah, 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 there's kind of no point flying first class. Like, what truly is the difference? Like, you get your own little cabin, but it's still the same seat, blah, 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 blah. So I'm buzzing. I'm like, I can't wait to leave Cape Town because I'm going back for business class, uh, first class. I loved Cape Town, but I was thinking, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, first class, this is going to be great, this is going to be great, this is going to be great. So they pick me up in a chauffeur, drive me there, check in, there's no one waiting in, this, in the first class line. I get through security, I get through passport control, I go into the lounge, I eat way too much food, especially when I'm, I'm, I'm dieting. <laughs> uh, I ate way too much food in Cape Town, by the way. And I get onto the plane and they take me to the seat. There's eight seats in the first class department, let's just say, of this plane. Big plane. Eight seats. And I go into the, the cabin. It's called a suite, suite 1F. 
and I couldn't even touch the end of. Now I'm I'm tall, right? Or every single seat, business class economy. I could my knees touch in economy. The next seat, my toes touch the next seat in business. I was fully stretched out. Couldn't even touch the like the end of of like the space. But what I realized as well is they don't have. You know when you go into any airplane, all the like all the the, the, the backpacks or the luggage goes above you, right? In the overhead storage compartments. First class didn't have it. It was just, so it was super wide and super open and super spacious, and I was like, "Wow!" The mattress was thick. The duvet was better. They gave you like Bulgari, if that's how you say it, Bulgari. It's just kind of a weird name, isn't it? Bulgari toiletries, all these gifts, endless supply of water. They bring a menu, and I say, "When do I have to choose?" Right? Because I felt a bit awkward because it was my first time in first class, right? And I'm thinking like, I've got this huge menu, like huge menu. Mocktails, cocktails, starters, soups, main courses, desserts, cheeses, movie snacks, whatever. And I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be great. I am going to eat the whole way home. And I'm not going to step on the scales for a week because I'm just going to go beast mode with the dieting again. So anyway, I look at the menu and the guy comes over and he says, hey, would you like me to get you any, any, any food? And I say, oh, yeah, um, like, when, when is it served? He said, whenever you want it to be served. I said, uh, okay. He said, I kind of like bent over a little bit, bent down towards me and said, listen, you can order whatever you want, whenever you want. If that means you want three meals, you have three meals. If it means you want seven cocktails, you have seven cocktails. If you want four desserts before we land, we get four, you get four desserts before you land. So I'm like, oh, my days this is amazing. The guy next to me is having a literally an endless supply of Dom Perignon champagne. And I'm like, this is absolutely nuts. So we obviously take off. I order, I think, beef wellington. I think it was. It was nice. It arrives. Maybe half an hour later, they have to cook it. It arrives. I eat it. And I'm thinking, I'm, you know what? I'm just going to, every half an hour, every 45 minutes, I'm just going to order more food. I am going to get, I'm going to get full advantage of this. And then I fell asleep. <laughs> and I woke up about 15 minutes before we landed. Or before, 15 minutes before they had to come and take the mattress off. And like, you know, make up the bed, make up the seat again. And I, I tell you this because in life, you often think, you, you, got, you get comfortable with the life that you're living. You get comfortable with the, the, the vision that you have. You get comfortable with just the way of life, the standard of life. But there's always something that you can do. It's either something, an activity, or it can be people that you hang around with that just make you think, you know what? There's a different way. There's a different way. And the thing is, with flying, it's private. You can fly. First class is not the, the be-all and end-all, right? There's private. And again, there's levels. You're not, it's not going to happen today. It's not going to happen next year. But it's going to take a few years. And, and these things, like, I'm here right now. I'm absolutely exhausted. Although I said I slept, like, it was a lot of tossing and turning, a lot of drooling on my pillow. A lot of, it, it wasn't a very good flight. It was very, very bumpy. But anyway, I come back and I'm like, you know what? The more people I impact, the more opportunities I have to fly business class. The more opportunities I have to fly first class. The more opportunities that I have to be able, I'm looking at a picture of Mia right now. The more opportunities I have of making sure that Mia thinks, you know what, this is my normality, with also understanding that it doesn't start there. She will have to go 
she, she will have to know what's possible, but also know what's realistic. Uh, and it's completely up to us. So, this is a completely different episode. Uh, as I'm getting closer to episode 300, I'm making a decision on the future of the Network Marketing Ninja podcast. I, uh, I just had to document that story because it's meant a big difference for me. Scott DeMoulin, Dallas DeMoulin, thank you for pushing me uh, in the, the weirdest way, but I appreciate that. And uh, till next time, till next week, guys, I appreciate you. I'll see you soon. Bye-bye.